Welcome to A Bigger Life, where you can break through the distractions, stop, listen, and speak to God in prayer. I'm Dave Cover. I want to help you use the Bible as your conversation with God so you can live a bigger life. continue using the imaginative pictures in Genesis 1 through 3 to help us understand better, live more fully into the reality of God's Word. So don't be confused by the word imagination as if we're somehow conjuring up something that's not real. We use our imagination all the time to live more fully into what is real. Whether we're imagining the right golf swing And then we hit the golf ball better than ever because we imagined a better swing that in reality came true. And if you want to think through ways we do this in our life, we have to have a difficult conversation with somebody. And so we imagine that going well in the sense of what will I say? How will I say it? What will my demeanor be? How do I enter this conversation Maybe we're driving home and we're going to have a crucial conversation with a family member and we're imagining how we're going to start that conversation, how we're going to respond if certain things are said, how we're going to respond if certain things aren't said. But our imagination is helping us enter into a better reality, a more fuller experience of reality. And we do that when it comes to God. We imagine the reality that God gives us in his word through pictures. So we're not making up through our imagination. We're actually experiencing what is real through our imagination. And so the question is, what is your attitude toward the Bible? I'm not talking about what your beliefs are about the Bible, but your feelings about the Bible, about the Bible's place in your life. And if you're like me, just got to be honest, it's kind of mixed. Uh, my good self thinks of it as water to my dry and parched soul. But often my more hardened hearted self, which, you know, a lot of times is what's in control of my attitude at the moment, my more hardened hearted self would rather read or watch something else instead. But once I start reading the Bible, it, it something happens. It softens my heart. It's like a breath of God's fresh air breathed into my soul. Sometimes that happens more than others, of course. I'm not saying it happens every single time in this miraculous way, but, but a little happens each time, even if I don't recognize it. I'm getting a little bit of fresh air, fresh oxygen, so to speak, from God's Spirit. That's because God's Spirit living within me is using the breath of God's word to bring spiritual oxygen back into my spiritual bloodstream, so to speak. Now, what I've just done there in talking like that is imagine a picture that describes a deeper, more mysterious reality. And that's what Psalm 119 does repeatedly regarding our need for God's word. And that's what Genesis 1 through 3 does as well. Imagery and imagination are essential if you're going to desire God and want to live by his promises and his word. God created us as powerfully imaginative beings. We operate out of our imagination all the time, and that's why the word of God is filled with compelling imagery 
and imagination. We might say it's full of imagination more than information. I don't mean imagination of what's not real, but ways to imagine what is real. One of the most repeated images or repeated imaginations, so to speak, in Psalm 119 focuses us on the true delight and value and treasure and preciousness of God's word to our true self recreated in Christ and indwelt by God's spirit. In other words, we have this true self that the spirit of God is within us and we're recreated in Christ and that true self loves God's word. It sees the value of God's word. Like I said, it's like water to a dry soul when it comes into our life. For me, it just helps to remind myself why I really do delight in God's word. Rather than listening to my hard-hearted self that doesn't want to read God's word but would rather watch another episode of something, that's not that's not who I really am when it comes to the recreated self in God's image and the image of Christ indwelled by the Holy Spirit. I mean, it is. I'm not trying to be too mystical here. But we all know what it's like to kind of have one kind of heart do want to do this, and then we have a more softened heart that wants to do that. We're the same person, of course. But there's something going on where it's almost like we have this battle within us. And, and what happens is God's word cuts through all the fog that gets me to ignore God's word and even dread reading or hearing it. So once I start bringing in God's word, I start getting reminded. My heart starts to get softened. And now I start to really remember why I, I need God's word, why it really is a breath of fresh air. And I think that's the front line of spiritual warfare in our lives. I, I think it is in mine for sure. And why the repeated images and meditations in Psalms like Psalm 119 on the value and treasure and the delight, the riches of God's word is so helpful for me to imagine. And I think it's going to be helpful for you to imagine as well. So let's do that together here. I'm just going to read some of these verses out of Psalm 119 that talk about rekindling, recognizing the value, our heart toward the value and our delight in the value of God's word. So verse 14 in the way of your testimonies, and remember all these are synonyms for God's word, God's truth. In the way of your word, I delight as much as in all riches. If we really understood where abundance is truly found, this abundance of God's kingdom, thinking through what Psalm 36 says, that in the kingdom of God, they feast on the abundance of your house and you give them drink from the river of your delights. This image of Eden, every tree that is pleasing to the eye and good for food and this stream that comes from the presence of God. And when we understand what the word of God really brings us back into and gives us and the, what it and allows us to have when it comes to embracing God's promises of his kingdom, we say with verse 14, in the way of your word, I delight as much as in all riches, because all the riches of this earth really still are nothing if you're going to be dust in the end. But if we're going to have this inheritance of the kingdom of God, then the greatest riches, more than all riches that we could possess on this earth, is our inheriting, delighting in, bringing in 
God's word. Verse 24, your testimonies, again, that's a synonym for word. Your word, your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. Having God's word is like having the best counselors at our side at all times. Verse 35, lead me in the path of your commandments for I delight in it. I delight in the path of God's life-giving, life-preserving, providing, protecting commandments. Our hard-hearted self somehow sees God's commandments as confining and scarcity. But remember, that's the somehow inversion trick that Satan put on Adam and Eve to somehow see all these trees that God caused to grow that were pleasing to the eye and good for food as scarcity and to see the one tree as abundance. And so they fell into this FOMO thing. And I really do think that's where the battle lines are, that our sense of scarcity and abundance, the inversion of that, And so we fear scarcity, and so it causes us to do things in relationships and to be insecure and to be jealous and have FOMO and to make panicky decisions and to be somebody threatened by something, maybe at work or in our marriage or in our family or in our friendships. We get threatened by the fear of scarcity, not realizing that God is the source of all abundance and that scarcity is the lie of Satan. And so if we could have this sense that lead me in the path of your commandments to love, to serve, to be somebody who dies to myself, all these commandments of loving people in a non-selfish way, having generosity, the commandments of moral purity, the commandments of giving generously, the commandments of speaking lovingly, all these commandments of God in scripture that path becomes our delight when we understand that that is living into the life of abundance rather than fearing scarcity. Verse 37, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Same idea there. Verse 72, the law of your mouth, that's a synonym for the word of your mouth, is better to me than thousands of of gold and silver pieces. So this is imagination, right? This is really coming down to imagining reality that if you had all the wealth of a thousand pieces of gold and the wealth that that would bring you, and would you see the value of that? Put it in some big box, a thousand pieces of gold, and you're set for life. Let's say it's worth uh, $10 million. I don't know what the price of gold is, but a thousand pieces of gold would be worth, a, you wouldn't have to work another day in your life. Take that wealth and compare it to the wealth of the words of God's mouth. And this is saying in that image, which one do you pick? Which door do you want? Door number one that has the thousand pieces of gold. Uh, let's just say it this way in our terms. Door number one that has a hundred million dollars. Let's just say the biggest wealth we could have that would make us not have to work another day in our life, give us a lot of freedom, a lot of control over our lives, give us a lot of respect from people, all the things that wealth gives in this world. We have a hundred million dollars. Door number one or door number two the words of God's mouth. Now you only get one or the other. You can't have both. Which one do you choose? Imagine making that choice. Which one do you choose? What the spirit of God is telling you is that you choose door number two every day of your life. The word of God's mouth is better than all the wealth of this world because that's the only path 
to true abundance. And without it, you are left with utter dust in the end. Even the scarcity of your life now, because you're living in fear, anxiety, insecurity, because you're on the path that you know you're going to lose and you can lose. Verse 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Now, this is a metaphor the Bible talks about a lot, is God's word being like food and this sweetness like honey, that when we really understand God's word, reading it is like eating candy. Reading it is like bringing the sweetness of honey into our lives, into our soul. We'll come back to that verse in a minute. Verse 111, your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. Again, God's word is my inheritance, my heritage. It's the path of my inheritance forever. It is the joy of my heart. More than anything else I could have, more than anything else that causes me to have the fear of missing out, causes me to be insecure, causes me to be envious, jealous, causes me to do all the kinds of things that I think I'm fighting against scarcity rather than embracing the promise of God's word that is the promise I can trust of true, eternal abundance as my heritage. So verse 127, therefore, I love your commandments above gold, above fine gold. There's nothing more valuable to me than the word of God. The word of God is the greatest tangible treasure I have in my life. It is the path to my inheritance forever. It is the path to God's spring that flows from his throne, the river of his delights. It is the path to every tree that is pleasing to the eye and good for food in his kingdom. It's the path to abundance. Verse 162, I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil, which of course reminds me of parables that Jesus says in Matthew chapter 13, 44. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field where a man found it. He hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. So in other words, he's saying when we really understand what what God is trying to tell us when he becomes human and speaks words to us, what he's trying to get us to understand, because he knows the whole story. He sees from the outside looking in, and he sees also from the inside talking to us as a human being. He knows the eternal story. He knows what he has for us in the kingdom of God, and he knows what we don't have without it. And so Jesus says, look, it's like this. A man found a field, and he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. He found a treasure, and it was worth more than anything else he had. And he says, well, he says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. That's Jesus's way of saying what this psalm is saying. Verse 72, the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. I would sell everything I have to get your word, to live in your promises, to believe your promises, to believe your word and to trust your word. Verse 127 again, therefore I love your commandments above gold, above fine gold. Verse 162, I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil, like one who finds great treasure. So use your imagination, the treasure of God's word, worth more than all the gold you can imagine. 
If we really saw reality using our imagination, the Bible gives us these pictures to better see reality, that God's promises, God's commandments, God's testimonies, God's word is worth more than anything we could sell to get it. So Psalm 19 says something very similar in a shorter way. Verses 7 through 13, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. Another translation says, ESV says, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord. These are all, again, synonyms for the word of the Lord. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? It goes on to say, verse 12. Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. So this is a a psalm that's saying, look, the word of God is the only thing that truly refreshes the soul. It makes wise the simple. It's trustworthy. It's right. It gives joy to the heart. It's radiant. It gives light to the eyes. It endures forever. It is more valuable, more precious. Again, use our imagination, that word precious. It's more precious than gold, than much pure gold. It's sweeter than the honey from the honeycomb. If we really understood what God's word does in our life, it would be like tasting honey. It would be like having something greater than a treasure of the best gold. But by your word, your servant is warned. In keeping your word, there is great reward, far greater reward than all the gold in the world. And those last two verses go with it. Here's why. Because who can discern their own errors? The word of God shines a light on us and it helps us to live away from the things that bring self-destruction and to embrace God's life-giving commandments and to embrace God's inheritance of his promises. So verse 13, keep your servant also from willful sins that they may not rule over me. Now, this is a situation we don't think that when the Bible convicts us of sin, that's a positive thing. But in the reality of God's kingdom, it is the most positive thing there could be because if you keep going the direction of your self-destruction, then you end up a path of dust. But what brings you into light, what brings you into abundance, what brings you into this great reward forever is the word of God and the commandments of God. Part of the treasure of God's word is that the spirit uses it then to soften our hearts and to keep us from our hidden faults and also keep us from our willful sins that they would not rule over me. The spirit of God uses the word of God to soften my heart toward God and to keep my heart from drifting away from him because God is the source of great reward. It says abundance. Remember all the trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food and this river watering the garden flowing from the throne of God. So again, Psalm 119 verse 11, your testimonies are my heritage forever for they are the joy of my heart. 
verse 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to the mouth. This is using imagination because the eating of God's word, this imaginative picture of eating God's word is a picture the Bible uses a lot to help us imagine the Bible, the word of God's life-giving fruit that satisfies us with God's abundance. So Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy 8.3 when he says, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. This idea of eating, living off of every word that comes from the mouth of God that brings life and satisfies our hungry soul. The prophet Jeremiah said to God in Jeremiah 15:16, "Your words were found and I ate them, and your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. I'm called by your name, and your word became the joy and delight of my heart. I found your word and I ate them. I ate your words." This is imagination, of course. This is a picture of what it means to really live by the great reward and the great satisfaction and the life-giving power of God's Word that the Holy Spirit uses in our life. But like training our taste buds to appreciate fine wine, when you first start drinking wine, when you taste the best of wines, it doesn't taste so great. But when your palate gets sort of trained to understand why a good wine is a good wine, when you start appreciating fine wines, that's, that comes from practice. That comes from drinking fine wines. Now, obviously, we're not talking about drinking too much here. Stick with me with my illustration. But like, like training our taste buds to appreciate fine wine and to appreciate healthier food and not Twinkies and Doritos, that takes practice. We have to train our soul, so to speak, to better understand and appreciate God's word as we feed on it. We have to feed on God's word. And as we feed on God's word, we develop better taste buds for it. Because remember, Jesus said in John six sixty three, the words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. So God, we pray your word brings life to my soul. It brings food to my hungry soul. Your word is the delight of my heart because your word is the path to all of your promises. Your word is the path to my inheritance forever in your kingdom where there is every tree that is pleasing to the eye and good for food, the abundance of your kingdom that they will feast on the abundance of your house and drink from the river of your delights. These pictures in the Bible, the Bible is giving us to imagine the reality of your kingdom, to imagine what the New Testament says, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. And so God, the value of your word to soften my heart toward you, the value of your word to give me greater love for you in my heart is more precious than anything I could ever have in this world. It is the best wine. It is the best food like honey to the tongue. Your word is my delight because it brings life. It brings your abundance into my life. Your word is better than the greatest wealth of gold because it is the greatest treasure. Like Jesus said, it is worth selling everything to get. Jesus knew what he was talking about. God speaking to us saying, look, trust me, trust me. My word, my kingdom is the greatest treasure. It's worth 
everything else if you have to, but make sure you get my word into your life. Make sure you have my treasure in your life. That's what I want, God, your word and your treasure, your kingdom, your Holy Spirit in my life. In the way of your word, I delight as much in, as in all riches. Your word is my delight. Your word is my counselor. Lead me in the path of your word, for I delight in it. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life by your word, by your spirit. Your word is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Your word is my heritage forever. Your word is the joy of my heart. Therefore, I love your word above gold, above fine gold. I rejoice at your word like one who finds great treasure. The treasure of your word, the delight of your word, the joy to my heart that your word brings. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.